Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that has entered an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the <laughs> I'm the centre of <laughs> You're mean. You're very mean. I am the sensitively handled media crisis that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the candid shot of a posh woman roaring with laughter at the contaminated land that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of BL's PR disaster focus is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from the Academic Archers, and goodness, I've been getting in the neck, Lucy, from everyone. Well, I did say... Well, it was such a throwaway comment... Right. Of which I thought I backed up by saying I'm an old fart. Right. But no, we've got calls saying, no, I'm a young person and I was if there at the academic of other people, If you tell lots of other people they're old and then say, but I'm old too, that doesn't really make it any better. Well, anyway, I, everybody's been gunning for me on the socials yeah. regarding everything this week. <laughs> Right. If it's not perceived ageism, right, which I've been accused of, then it's like insensitivity. Right. So I don't know what to do with myself, Lucy, other than just to continue blithely carrying on with this show. So that's what I'm (laughs) going to do. So so this call, uh, this call. So you say I'm all flustered because I just I've just been getting in the neck. Right. So that was the academic archers. And we actually do have um, another clip which is on, on the Facebook, which actually has um, them actually saying that this is the, the world's greatest ever dum-de-dum. It's in the Guinness Book of Records. And mm. I didn't quite have enough time to rip the audio from that to throw that on the show because crumbs, Lucy, do we have a lot of calls. So, like, we it's do. been all hands on deck yeah. since Friday, yeah. right? So, yeah. but anyway, if you are a, some, a person of any age, and you fancy doing a dum dum right? How can they do that, Lucy? Because not just doldies are into the archers. <clears throat> I'm making that very clear. You can be young. You, 
can't you, Lucy? <laughs> and you can go along to the attack of Demi mouth it gets worse if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum leave us a plot prediction or think that buying a pregnant woman flying lessons is a good idea then call us on 020303131105 or leave us a message on speakpipe thank you to cosmo for his podcast roundups and for the dumpty dogs shambridge for her voices mike hatton for his character counts and to Derek, for in the back bedroom, Derek's been out clearing snow for people he's done peggy's driveway and then got stuck into auntie cardboard's back passage I don't know when to laugh anymore, Lucy, because <laughs> you're going to upset someone when you laugh. Someone's going to have an anecdote about a back passage who's going to be tragic. <laughs> They're going to be traumatically affected by it. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just keeping it straight this week and saying on this week's episode, we have calls from Auntie Jean, Eulalia, Sussex Shepherd, Scarlet Sparrow, Dusty Substances, Andrew Horn, Cat Brown, Witherspoon, Blythe Spirit, Hannah May, and New York, Nigel. And guess what they're all talking about, folks. But first, before the calls, <laughs> before I get more stick from caller inners and all sorts, brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. We began the week listening to a tentative debate over whether or not Jenny Darling should go and have a pampering session at Gay Grable's. Oh, should I? Shouldn't I? Mused Jenny Darling. I don't know. Roared a slightly frustrated Brian. I'm facing total financial collapse, which is kind of preoccupying me more than whether or not you should have an aromatherapy facial. Oh, you know what? Just go. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so they went. We heard them in the sauna together. Dear God, Jenny Darling wore her control panel tummy tightener one piece and Pat undid the top two buttons of her duffel coat. It was Pip's birthday. Toby got her Holly Willoughby's DVD of pelvic floor exercises. Ten minutes of this and you'll be like a Thai ping pong girl, said Toby as Pip smacked him around the head with a spanner. Cecil Jackson is back from the Himalayas. God, we've missed you, Cecil. <laughs> I'm not unhappy, unhappy. I'm just unhappy, said Susan bafflingly. Over the last month, Susan has rather radically decided that Neil has caught a cold and is dying. The trouble is Neil has been making that weird Michael Horden type uh, noise for decades. Only now has she suddenly decided <laughs> it means that he must be near death. The big news was, though, that they were all out of sausages at Ambridge View, so no sausage sandwich for Neil. That kind of thing alone could kill a man. He was hoping for a chilli, but Susan didn't have time. Get off, Neil, I've just had a shower. However, she perked up no end when Justin offered Neil a job as a manager. He was called into Barrow and Justin said they were chasing the electrics into the fattening house. We call it Grange Farm, actually, Justin. And for once, we actually found out how much someone is actually going to earn. Mm. £55,000 a year. Susan is planning a string of racehorses and some of those big china leopards either side of the fireplace. <laughs> Things were not going brilliantly at BL. Martin Gibson doesn't want Barrow Farm smeared. It's a pig farm. There's going to be a bit of smearing, Martin. Pip bumped into Alfie. He didn't mention the elephant in the room or the elephant in the barber jacket right in front of him. Helen has gone completely mad and now thinks she's Batman. Bat shit, actually, Helen. Who knew the Borchester Echo had a sidebar of shame? There was a picture of Joe flaunting his curves and Kenton stepping out. And then underneath was Jennifer Aldridge getting rat-assed with Pat at Gay Grables. The photo showed Pat wearing one of those leprechaun hats and a pair of comedy breasts, laughing with Jennifer, who was shoving a stick of celery down the trousers of Scott from the marketing department of Felpersham Whole Foods. 
Things are getting rather more desperate at the stables. To while away the hours, Shula has now started giving the horses manicures, while Alistair told her the most dismal anecdote ever about a child mishearing something about a rat. It was very, very amusing. Honestly, if you took the conversations of those two in isolation, they'd sound like they'd been translated out of the Russian. Then Shula came over all giddy and decided to cook steak and mashed potato. Alistair reacted as if she'd said, tell you what, darling, let's blow the mortgage money on coke and hookers. Steak, he said, (laughs) but it's Wednesday. You'll be suggesting we have Sunday after bath sex as well. And you know, we only do that on the night before we change the sheets. We got an appalling night insight into Joe's nightlife. He has been propping up the picture of his Susan on his denture plate blocks box, but said he had to give it up when that started curling. The idea of Joe with curling dentures was positively horrifying. And as I cannot mention the scene I can't mention because it's all too sad, apart from the bit when the doctor told Will that she thought it might be sepsis and Will fought back the impulse to say, are you sure? Because you are a lady doctor and you are from foreign, so you might have got it wrong. <laughs> I will skip to the where Brian got hammered and decided to access Peggy's online accounts. It wasn't a sophisticated hack. It was just Brian desperate to find someone who still liked him. <laughs> Jesus, things have come to a pretty pass if you're looking to Peggy for unconditional love. I'm not drunk, he said, trying to comb his hair with Hilda Ogden. You forget, Brian, I was a landlady and married to Jennifer's father and my daughter drinks like a sailor on shore leave, said Peggy crisply. I know, pissed. Then she (laughs) softened. (laughs) I've realised what losing the chair meant to you. I've not lost the chair, hiccuped Brian. (laughs) There it is over there. There's loads of them. (laughs) Then he decided to stagger home to Jenny Darling and fess up that he'd known perfectly well that the guitarist from ZZ Top had buried a load of TCP in his field. There's a secret I've been keeping from you all, he said. For 40 years, no one's realised that I'm a selfish incompetent who styles out his inadequacies with a county squire bonhomie to disguise the fact that actually I'm just a crook on the make, but because I speak better than Matt Crawford, everyone thought I was all right. Oh, Brian, said Jennifer, you massive arse. The end. That 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 was really good. Uh, I, Can I just say, that. it was a very difficult one to write because I had to miss out an entire episode for obvious reasons. Mm, right. Yes. yes. Timing. In the temperature of a room. <laughs> Two things I've been shown to be thoroughly lacking in uh, in the last week. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, shall we just get on with the calls? And, and I'll just try. Yeah, and because just... they're all about Nick. So, yeah. yeah. Well, 99.9%. Right. Now, yeah. so what we've done, folks, is uh, we've kind of lumped them together. So uh, then we'll just kind of just like delve in as is. Shall we, Luce? All right. Hello, Ambridge3962. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Um, I guess I'm one of a gazillion calls this week and just really disappointed (laughs) that the scriptwriters have taken this route with Nick. I think there was um, so much she did that helped the whole will ed the uh, dynamic and her relationship with emma as well and, and all of that and i and i really thought that would uh would play on she's one of the few genuinely decent completely nice characters 
So I'm really disappointed that they've uh, they've shuffled her off. And now we'll have Will going into meltdown, uh, understandably, but we'll also have Emma wailing and beating her chest at, uh, at her row with Nick. And I've just, I'm not in a mood to put up with Emma's whining. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> bit of a bummer, really. Hope you're all well. Speak again soon. Bye. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Auntie Jean here. I don't know whether I'm too late with this call because it's Monday morning already, but here goes. Uh, I did like the scenes, first of all, between Brian and Jenny Darling. Gosh, didn't she get her own back there? Well done, her. Now the dogs have started barking. Hold on. Um, The other thing was that although I found the scenes with uh, Nick dying very moving, um, I have to say that I thought it unnecessary in as much as they only brought her back into it five minutes ago and they obviously brought her back in it to die. And I just find that very cynical, really, um, because she hadn't been in it for quite some considerable time beforehand or very rarely. So it all seems a bit silly to me, but there we are. Uh, we'll see what happens next in as much as that it might well be that um, Will takes comfort somewhere. My theory would be perhaps he gets quite close to Emma and we get that kicking off again. Yeah. With Ed. Um, What happens to Mia and Jake? I don't know. Perhaps they've already gone back to their father. I would have thought Will would want to keep them, but maybe there'll be a custody battle there. Um, And and who he blames? Uh, Does he blame Joe? Does he blame Emma and Fallon? Who does he blame? Um, The acting was marvellous. It was very, very moving. But as I say, I find it difficult to get involved with it because they'd obviously just brought the character back to die and I just find that really annoying. Anyway, that's my two penneth worth. I hope you're all well, and I'll speak to you all again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, Dumpty Dumpty. Spirit calling. Well, I've just listened to the last episode of the week, and I've seen the comments on the Twitters, and I have to join with everyone else in feeling pretty upset at the loss of Nick. It was very well done, I have to say that, but my reaction was also, what the fracking frack? Now... We all know that there are characters in the Archers who are much more deserving of expiry. There are plenty of characters who we like an awful lot less and who could be much more easily dispensed with. Why did it have to be Nick? Now, for example, I'd be perfectly happy to hear Toby falling into a grain silo. I'd be ecstatic at hearing Susan falling into a vat of kefir never to emerge. And I would be over the moon if Justin would simply plop into the am emerge with three eyes, five arms, and then promptly expire from pollution poisoning. But we haven't lost any of them, have we? We've actually lost quite a nice character. Now, I can't help feeling Mm. that this was a bit cruel, and there's just a teensy bit of editorial dumpage going on here. And it certainly had shock factor. And, of course, we don't know about Matt Splat. Is that what the deathbed confession was all about? Or was she simply giving herself a hard time at the very end of her life? We just don't know. And now she's gone, we probably never will. Either way, obviously, there's going to be ramifications throughout the days and weeks to come. There's going to be more drama. We'll just have to see how it unfolds. But, um, yeah, I'm sad that she's gone. And I'm also unhappy that she's gone. Anyway, that's it from me. Um, I hope everyone is well out there in Dumpty Dum land. If you get a scratch, make sure your tetanus injections are up to date. And if you start to <laughs> cough and sniffle, get yourself down to A&E Sharpish. That's all from me. Cheers now. Bye. Mm. Right, Lucy. Uh, you you delve I think in the big first. question. I think the big question here 
mm. is exactly how many dogs does Auntie Jean have? Because <laughs> that sounded like about <laughs> that sounded like Crufts, to be honest. Going it all sounded a little bit yappy though. They're, they're obviously small. Yeah, dogs. smaller Yorkshire. They're Jack Russell Terriers, I bet you. Mm. 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 Yes, uh, I bet she'd have one big dog and then two Jack Russell Terriers and William the parrot. I, I, um, I know that Nick is a saint. Right, and she was. Is that a saint? She clobbered George, well, which is, actually. This is what I was about to say, right? Which has oh, been conveniently forgotten by just about everybody. And I think the script writers, I was going to say, did a masterful job, and that's not true. It's not that they did a masterful job rehabilitating her, because that's. Because her and um, Will did break up over it, didn't they? And then they yeah. got back together. And it wasn't that they rehabilitated her. They just completely forgot about that. And also because she was such an occasional character, we as the listeners mm. completely forgot about it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, yes, it happened some time ago and whatever, but like Nick was in it, as Auntie Jean said, um, infrequently, and she was brought back basically to die. And I think this is less to do about Nick dying and everything to do about what Will Grundy's going to become. And I can't really foresee this incarnation of Will Grundy marrying anybody else because he's a bitter person anyway. So you can see him reveling in his loneliness and becoming, you know, and the fact that he's even a gamekeeper is is perfect because it's quite a lonely job, isn't it? You know, that he's wandering around, um, you know, just, you know, looking after animals, whatever the hell gamekeepers do. But, you know, he's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly customer facing, is it? So you can imagine him being a miserable old sourpuss who is just destined to be a widower, who is angry and bitter with everybody. I'm sure I'm going to be proven wrong and he'll be on Tinder next week. But um, I don't think so. I'm completely going along with um, uh, with uh, um, Auntie Jean here, and I am crystal balling it like mad and thinking that we're going to have a scenario where, um, uh, sorry, Alice and Chris Carter split up. Alice gets together with Ed Grundy, who uh, gets her through the alcohol problem because he'll bang on about what happened when he was addicted to crack for three and a half minutes. And then, um, and then, uh, um, um, will, will kind of get back together again with Emma. I, I do hope That's not. Right. I do hope not. I actually want him to be a miserable old bastard, to be honest with you. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want him to in any way. I just, what would that say about the character of Emma if he can win her back? I, I, I no, nah. it's it's just too. I don't think it would. I don't think it would be uh, winning her back. I think it would be an accidental thing. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. As I said at the at the top of the show, um, people have been castigating me for everything in the last seven days. Uh, for me, uh, for perceived ageism, but also then insensitivity around this storyline. Uh, but here are a couple of calls who quite eloquently say how they were connected to the storylines of last week. Hello, YouTube. Scarlet Sparrow here. Feeling very sad 
Um, I've managed to stop sobbing. Um, it's just too sad, really. But it was beautifully acted. And as someone who had a colleague who once lost their son to sepsis, um, the speed of it is so true and people should be more aware of it. I am worried about the effect this will have on Joe, particularly when he finds out that the scratch was caused by his box and her trying to be helpful. Do you know, I'm st still so sad. And the bit that broke my heart was when she said she, would, she wouldn't go to heaven and that she'd done something so awful. Um, I can only imagine it's running Matt over, and I think that would be a good reason to go to heaven. But let's hope Joe can can explain to everyone what she was so worried about or maybe he'll take it to the grave with him as well golly i am feeling gloomy aren't i anyway uh love to all and big hug to everyone bye afternoon royfield lucy naked fingers and all other dumpty dummers around the world it's the sussex shepherd here um i was a bit gobsmacked by this week's dumpty dum i've really enjoyed um the last couple of weeks i thought the writing has been beautiful in many many ways lots of little lines that just made me laugh or smile um and then the death of nick and i loved it in that it was moving and shocking and all the things it should be but i hated the passing on of a deathbed secret um it seemed to me just to be such a soap opera thing to do to, a plot device and i really really hated it i just felt it was a i thought it was a, a way of distracting us or detracting from the simplicity of somebody dying which is what it should have been about and then i realized just after it happened why i had such a kind of violent reaction against it um for which i potted history of the sussex shepherd i was brought up by my uh aunt for the first few years of my life because my parents split up just after i was born um and then when i was uh, about four my parent my dad remarried um and got custody of me with his new wife who i thought of as my mother and lived with them until they split up some years later and when they split up some years later i finally got to know my birth mother properly uh, more as a friend than anything else um and she subsequently died uh i was i don't know in my mid early 20s at this point and the last time I saw her was in hospital. And I hadn't seen her for some years, as I say, while we had been out of touch. And she said, there are things we need to say. There are things I have to tell you. And I never saw her again. <laughs> and that's oh. why I found this so hard. Yes. Yeah, so having had that happen um, to me, I really had quite a kind of visceral reaction to Nick telling Joe something on her deathbed and that's not knowing what it was oh. because it just seemed wrong but i don't know whether that's just my own reaction following as i say what happened when my mum died um or or i'm right in thinking it was just a bit that uh, seemed a bit of a cheap plot device to me anyway there we go um interested to see what happens over the next week or two and months and how uh, this affects will um whether it mellows him or changes him in some way keep up the good work Speak to you again soon. Bye. I'm not going first. No. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. Gosh. You. Um, one of the tweets mm -hmm. of the week later deals with um with what she actually said. Um, 
but it is it is it 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 is a very soapy trope i agree um and it is kind of um frustrating to listen to as a as a listener because you want all the ends neatly tied up um but she did have this sort of newfound interest in um faith and things didn't she because she was running the the church the children's church group and yep. she started going back and she seemed to have a genuine interest rather than just a i want my child to go to the nearest church school so i'm hurriedly going to pretend to be a christian type faith mm. um and but it, that was so sad the idea that she felt that she was going to go to you know to hell or that she'd been bad she wasn't going anywhere nice um and i can yeah i can I, I I just feel so sorry for 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 Sussex Shepherd to to have that and to never ever know. You know, it's just mm. I can completely see why it affected him like it did, and it is one of those things that will rattle around with the listener community for ages. What what did she what did she say? Unless unless Joe, you know, tells us. But mm. yeah, it's a it was. A, it was kind of melodramatic enough. It didn't really need that slightly over-egging it, I think, unless it was that she had killed Matt. Well, hit Matt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. And hit him. Yeah. So it would then link up and make sense out of her seeing Alice out in Felpersham or Borsetshire, whichever one it was, and Alice was drunk and going to get in the car and she basically said, no, I'm going to drive you home. And then the scene in the pub, that would then, you know, if she'd actually gone and hit Matt, then that makes sense out of her being hypersensitive about somebody else then, then driving yeah. around. That that would, would make sense. But but she hadn't been drunk when she hit. She was rushing to pick up the children. No, no, listen, absolutely. But it's just the fact that somebody, you know, with yeah. like two ton of metal. You don't want that. Exactly. You... Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Just, yeah. So that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about that scene um, was, I, I'm going to agree with Sussex Shepherd here, that it didn't need the deathbed con confession because right. it was just very simply written and very mm. um the whole thing was incredibly plausible i, I don't know anything about sepsis mm. but i'm on about that scene in and of itself where mm. is somebody who is expiring who's very young so you don't expect them mm. to you know and the and the utter shock but the simplicity of the writing actually is amplified by the fact that it's actually on radio you're not going to get distracted mm. by um quivering lips or melodrama and yeah. people visibly wiping away is she still tears. breathing no, no, you can see she's still breathing exactly there, there was <laughs> no cardiac machine bleeping away no. in the background no. and all no. the, and and palming the whole thing down made it much more powerful mm. So yeah. and and it was it's a testimony to the actors and also to the scriptwriters that they didn't actually over egg the fundamentals of it because no. they didn't have to. Yeah. So with that in one of mm. one of one of my favorite bits, the bit that made me absolutely, I sort of went oh, and then just froze, 
was when everybody, Will said, right, well, when you get better, we'll go out and we'll do this and that and the other and you'll be fine. And he left. Mm. And then she talked to Joe and she said, you know what, my, you know what's going to happen. And he, and he didn't do any of that. Oh, you'll be right as rain sort of thing. He knew. I think people, I think I've sort of got this theory about when, older people who are closer to death can kind of, they see it in a different way. Mm. And he just accepted that she knew she was going to die. And he said, you'll go and, you know, it it will, he wasn't saying it will be all right, i.e. you'll get better. He said it will be all right if you die. And uh, I just thought that was incredibly moving that he just let her say what she needed to say, not trying to jolly her along or tell her that everything was going to be different or whatever when she knew what was going to happen. And um, the fact that she could confide in him in the way that she just couldn't confide in anybody else. Yeah. I, I thought it was lovely. I thought um, Becky Wright and, and uh, Edward Kelsey just did an absolutely, absolutely spectacular job there. Really, really did. Uh, they- and it was it was chilling and it also made everybody Google the symptoms of sepsis, I would imagine, uh, which is can only be a good thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really gripping, really moving and apart from the deathbed confession not not melodramatic just mm. this is just, you know shit happens this this stuff that things like this can just happen very very quickly and your life you wake up in the morning and you're you go to bed a different person mm. and and i think the one of the moving things um about the whole last couple of weeks obviously has been um they set they even set up this death bad scene in the fact that nick and joe uh, if we hadn't actually heard them be close before had been close in the last two weeks and the mm. fact that joe is this long-time widower vis-a-vis his susan so that says to me that yeah. there's going to be an echo with will that will isn't going to move on from this in terms of fight find another right. partner though i do think it's very okay. interesting to speculate what he's going to do with, with her her children if they will go go back to the father though he's been painted to be somewhat kind of feckless hasn't he i can't remember his name i can't remember his name um but um the the whole thing about the i've got something to tell you before i expire sussex shepherd um you know heart goes out to you that you know you meet you know you meet your mother again after so many years and then she didn't get the chance actually to tell you what that thing was mm. Mm. because, and I know I've told this story way back when, but when my grandfather died and I was, and, and you, you reminded me of this actually, Lucy, what, by what you just said about old people knowing older people knowing when someone's mm. about to expire, he knew he was going to die. And he timed it to perfection. It was, it was something out of a, a melodrama. And he had had this long time, it uh, wasn't that long time, but he was incredibly fit, very kind of um, able man. And I think he died when he was 80. But he declined in the last six months and he just got physically black. It was very, very weird that his skin just got darker and darker. And it was, I think it was his liver that was packing up. Anyway, the point of this all is, is that um, he goes to hospital and um, 
we're basically told at the hospital that yeah nothing that can be done here and but no none of the family none of our none of our family actually acknowledged this at all like we all said oh there's nothing can be done so he's going to come home and obviously everybody knew he was going to die <laughs> yeah. but nobody said yeah. to anybody yeah. he's going to die yeah so granddad took it in his own hands and basically said everybody needs to come and visit me on monday i was living in london at the time this is about 17 years ago or so before noah was born so it's like 17 18 years ago and and i'm told uh you know come up and see granddad Mm. And we all the family descended on the house and he called us into his bedroom one by one and gave us, you know, little pearls of wisdom. He was so insightful mm. about me. Um, and then I remember I left at 11 o'clock, drove back down to London. He was dead at two. You know, he timed wow. it so well, yeah. you know, yeah. and I don't have the sense of, but I didn't say this or I didn't say that to him. So I can only but imagine, yeah. you know, Sussex Shepherd there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, folks, we've got some more calls, so uh, let's crack on. Hello, this is Elizabeth. I'm a first-time caller in era, and I was also an attendee at the Academic Archers Conference this year. I just wanted to call in to say I am 25, and I was not just in the audience, but I was presenting. And I know for a fact that there were people who were younger than I was there, including one 17-year-old. Um, so there. Um, I thought it was a brilliant conference and I love the archers apart from when Pip's on at which point it becomes insufferable um, I don't think I have much else to say I love the programme um, keep doing the good work and yeah really like listening thanks bye hello Dumpty Dum it's Hannah Mae from Leeds I've listened to the show for ages and ages this is the first time I've called in I'm at Kenny Koala on Twitter I'm a primary school teacher and I'm 21, and the first storyline I can remember is when Will and Emma got married, so that was quite a long time ago. Um, I just want to call in because I think it was really, really well acted, the Nick and storyline. It happened so fast, and it was so sudden, and it just all seems so unfair, but that really reflects real life. Um, mm. It just seems really unfair that Matt survived this whole crash, and Nick is just taken away from us <laughs> who's a really nice character and Matt's still swallowing off somewhere um I really hope this helps to heal the Ed and Will rift because if Ed says something like Will deserved it then I'm just gonna shout and really be angry and I will really really be very cross anyway I'm um, really interesting to see how it pans out and keep up the good work because I love the show Thank you. Hello, Dum to Dum. It's Cat Brown here. You haven't heard from me in months because I've been in storage along with all of my worldly possessions whilst I go through the absolute hell of having my house renovated. And I was a bit gutted on getting everything back to realise that the first thing I'm going to need is a black hat for darling Nick Grundy's funeral. Oh, look, I'm sure Lucy and everybody calling in will have had the same thing to say, but Ambridge scriptwriters, why did you have to kill off Nick? She's like the only nice person left. If you had to kill off somebody, it could have been Silent Kathy so that she could do some good gargly acting or oh, Pip, Helen, Ruth, Pat, just the people who I would quite <laughs> happily see go in a heartbeat. Um, it's also a bit gutting because it felt like Nick was in the middle of what could have been a really interesting storyline um, coming into her own a bit, apart from 
not just being, but, you know, obviously being Will's wife and mother to the kids. Um, and also somebody on Twitter pointed out that actually Will had been a bit unpleasantly gaslighty to her recently. And without going full Robin Helen, mm-hmm. that could have been really interesting as well. But she's just also lovely and I'm really gutted to miss her. Um, on another note, I was a bit disappointed as well that the Dumpty Dum Facebook page Uh-oh. did such a a literal Ron Seal spoiler for it in such a short time after the episode aired and on a Friday as well when you know not everybody's in um obviously work in social media I know that you stay off the internet but it just felt a little bit like I don't know somebody watching the Star Wars film and then going oh my god you'll never guess who is so-and-so's father um and we don't get that many massive spoilers uh, massive shocks really in Ambridge and it just would have been cool just to maybe hold off on that for a little bit longer. But I really like Yokel Bear's uh, later comment. So that was great. <laughs> anyway, really looking forward to hearing what everybody's got to say. And much love to you all. Cheerio. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll hold my hand up to oh, that. Oh, we're in Because I think, I think that's aimed at me. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I'm like 90% sure right now. All I will... Well, it's only aimed at you if you did it. Did you do well, it? Well, I did say... Nick is toast. Oh my God, Nick is toast. Right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd say that was you. Well, then. <laughs> I don't know that I was the first person to actually say that Nick had. On Facebook, you yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know if I was the, fa- right. the first person. I'm guessing that I was. Now, in my slight defense here, I'm an idiot. Right, that is number one. Everybody right. knows that. That's not really in your defence, is it? Mitigating <laughs> circumstances, right? No, <laughs> slightly more seriously than that. Um, I hadn't even listened to the show because I was busy editing something else, and it was all over Twitter and had been Twitter for yeah. hours. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't listen to the show at seven o'clock let's say quarter past seven UK time, whatever the equivalent is for that in San Francisco. I can't do the maths right now. Um, 11 o'clock, there you go, quarter past 11. It was at least two, three hours afterwards. And because I'd seen Twitter, I thought, well, everybody knows. Yeah. And that's the reason why I then put it up. And just for what it's worth, I woke up that morning actually knowing that Nick was going to die, you know, all the foreshadowing, I went, oh, my gosh, he's going to die. And I was going to post my thought, that she, my prediction that she's going to die to Twitter, and I didn't because I was busy working and because I'm just sat in front of a computer screen, hence I got all these things flying up and whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's me in terms of um, posting that up maybe a little bit too soon but it was kind of already out there is all is, is what i would say if it wasn't on facebook it wasn't but it was definitely out there on, on the socials and i just thought oh we need to catch up with this because people realize that i never post anything to facebook because that includes that means that i've got to write sentences and my dyslexia and, and all sorts will just it's just so writ large if i do that so i stay well clear of it and i'm just not witty and funny enough but with something like that i just thought well it's hours afterwards i'll just post something so um, apologies there and then because i said oh nikki's toast then people said you're now you're being insensitive too and i went oh, crumbs so then i had to then change you know edit the title and said oh you know nikki's dead but anyway so it's probably me sorry sorry everybody sorry 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 <laughs> sorry <laughs> should we just call this episode mia culpa and just have done that <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely. Royfield throws himself upon his yeah. sword. <laughs> and also, um, that call about the academic archers, I didn't realise that I threw that into uh, the aggregate calls there. So, yeah, I'd forgotten that I'd done that. All right, so... Uh, mm. And, hang on, can I just say, Hannah May, bless, it's either Hannah A or Hannah May, I'm not sure, um, but... She said, I thought that was very sweet when she said, I can remember Emma. And, my first thing was re- listening very to Emma and Will's wedding. That's quite a long time ago. I was thinking, listen, Mrs. I've been there since Mrs. Antrobus was a girl. You know, <laughs> that dog woman. That was not, that's in the, in the, in Ambridge terms, that is the blink of an eye. Mm. Um, but yes, thank you for all the new people that have called in. That's very yeah. nice to get lots of new you peeps. It is, it is. Right. Um, I think we have um, some uh, established peeps now. Let, let's go. Hello there. It's New York Nigel here calling in after a bit of a hiatus. You know, given the Archer's playbook, I suspected that Nick might die after the Dancing with Joe and the Emma Spat stories, but I was still holding out for a public service announcement type story about tetanus injections or something for farmers and bric-a-brac merchants. Uh, (laughs) We still got the public service announcement story about sepsis, but it was too late since poor old Nick was already dead. Quite like those stories on the Archers, in a way, staying true to its educational roots. I haven't got much use, frankly, for sheep stories in New York City, but having cleaned out a New York cellar in the last month, I'm now checking myself for signs of sepsis. I always thought that Nick was a good character in search of an interesting story. I remember the early accusations about her smacking Georgie at the playground and the separation from Will that followed. You know, we weren't really sure what to make of her at first, and it's just a pity that as soon as they figured out what to do with her, they killed her off in the great scene, I might add. As a vicar, I can say it was a very well-researched deathbed scenario. I'm wondering what repercussions there'll be for the story about the poisoner of the am and his ghoulish wife. She's a social <laughs> hysteric at Mester Times, and a photo of Jennifer grinning after a day at the spa probably rates a parental warning at the Echo, at least. Good for Peggy for reminding her of her more lowly origins. Nice work with the drunk Brian as well, messing with Peggy's laptop. Um, well, if his gamekeeper starts flaking out on him and it's all very stressful around all of that business, um, it's going to be interesting, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, keep up the good work. Bye for now. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Um, my name is Eulalia. I am a long-time listener, first-time caller in aura. I'm Eulalia Amelia on the Twitters. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, I'm in Romania. Haven't added it to Tractor because I can't make it work on my phone. Um, and I'm a Pip Archer. I remember Pip Archer being born um, and being quite jealous. I was about 10 at the time and really wanted a baby sister. Um, and I thought Pip could be my sister, which I'm glad she's not because she's a pain. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> I never thought I would phone in to Dumpty Dum or anything to do with the Archers, really. Try it. It's something I pretend I'm not interested in. However, the storyline with Nick has knocked me for six. Um, I was on holiday because it was half term and it ruined the last day of my holiday because I just wanted to get home and listen to the next episode. Um, It was all I could talk about, how upsetting it was, how incredibly well acted I thought it was, um, particularly with Nick and Joe at the end, but also with um, Clary and Eddie at the hospital and 
even William, um, who I don't like, um, and I'm a bit upset that this storyline means he's going to be in it a lot more. But I thought it was incredibly well acted and was completely shocking because all the foreshadowing has been someone else was going to go, someone, one of the elderly characters. And I'd even seen a newspaper article that said, or a, uh, it came up on my phone and paper article saying um, Archer's mum dies. And, you know, so I was thinking Peggy or Jennifer or, you know, what, one of the oldies. Um, I wasn't. It was Nick. And I was just horrified and also a little bit worried for everyone I know. And the fact that apparently you can just get a tiny scratch and die three days later. Um, I'm running out of time, but horrifying, but amazing acting. Those are my key points. Greetings, Lucy, Robert, Melia Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I had planned my usual lighthearted opening, but I just finished listening to Friday's episode, and it didn't feel appropriate today. Gee, we had the sense of something dark about to happen, didn't we? I had referenced Shakespearean tragedies in the last two weeks, and others had felt a foreshadowing of death. Lucy and I had noted Will's unresolved anger and sense of betrayal by Emma and Ed, and Royfield had noted Will's change of personality over the years to someone we no longer liked. But even before today, it was clear that Will loved Nick very much. So, a cut finger on an old piece of metal, and then death a few days later. Nick was in the hospital and already diagnosed with sepsis, but yet it seemed to take quite a while to get the IV in her and to start the antibiotics. As Royfield also foretold last week, it would take a crisis to bring the Grundy boys back together. But we didn't expect this. There's going to be a lot of people punishing themselves with guilt and regret, though it was not their fault. Among them, Will, Joe, Emma, Jolene, and Brian. And what ramifications will there be for Nick and Will's children and Nick's stepson, George? This will go down in the Archer's annals of tragic deaths, along with Grace running back into the fire and Nigel falling off the roof. I'm really quite sad at the moment, so I'll end it here. Talk to you all soon. Mm. For me, this is very different from Nigel falling off the roof because there was there was so much politics associated with oh I suppose there was with Grace wasn't there when you saw the documentary you realised because she wanted a pay rise mm. crumbs I don't know the, Nigel falling off the roof roof Ruth <laughs> Nigel falling off the roof <laughs> not falling off roof <laughs> and because of that yell that went on for what five minutes or something like that. Um, this doesn't have mm. the same power, doesn't have the same power as what this has. Mm. This was just so self-contained, so human and much more yeah. poignant. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I don't know about anyone else, but I don't know anybody that um, has died by falling off a, a stately home roof. Um, but... I just saw a tweet from a guy called Andy Wheatley who said, I've just caught the Archer sepsis storyline. 40,000 people die of sepsis every year in the UK. Five years ago, our little boy was one of them. Neither we or his doctors knew what to look for, but you can learn how to spot the signs here and maybe save a life, da, da, da. Um, and I just think it's really interesting. That's why it was such a, a kind of a real, as, as um, New York Nigel said, it was a realistic death, uh, deathbed scene. And also a realistic self-contained 
somebody young gets a really nasty, horrible, very rapidly moving illness that that kills them very, very quickly. So it was a completely, as you said, self-contained storyline and somehow felt more real and more kind of genuinely humanly upsetting than maybe Nigel taking the header off the roof. So I think that is the end of all of our Nick Grundy-related calls. But last week, I did basically say, hmm, Joe Susan, was she ever actually in the Archers? I don't think she ever actually was. And how were the Grundys actually introduced? Because uh, the device that they used when they introduced them, that they were always actually there. And I, and I wasn't quite sure about Susan. So, but I, so I did actually say, Dusty or Cosmo, uh, listeners of a longer vintage than Lucy and I, could you just go and uh, just call in and just make sure that uh, my thinking is correct and I'm waffling and you don't need to waffle. Here's Dusty's call. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener, uh, responding to Roy Phil's request for um, my memories of uh, the Grundys in the early days of them being heard, I think. Um I'm thinking back quite a long time to um, probably the 70s. Yeah. Um, The Grundys were referred to, I think. They came into their own as the sort of local crap farmers, petty criminals, uh, following the Larkins. Uh, The Larkin family featured quite a lot in the very, very early days. And there were good Larkins and there were sort of scurrilous uh, get-shot-by-Tom-Forrest-type Larkins. Um, And after they sort of all pretty much died out, except for Jethro, the Grundys came into it. Uh, First heard Eddie with sort of... uh, Fat Paul and other terrible things going on. But it's Love Life with Jolene, a hint of something with Lillian, and then with Clary, which appalled Jethro and how right he was. Um, So that was sort of the background, really. And we never heard our Susan. She was in the past tense from the word go. Um, I'm recording this just after the Friday episode, and I'm very upset about Nick, but how well that was done. Um, but probably more of that from other people. And wasn't Academic Archers a stonker? Well done, everybody there. Anyway, that's my two minutes nearly up. Love you all and uh, speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Lucy? Yes? Do we have any emails in this week? No. Right, thought not. Right, let's take a quick break, come back the other side with some Millie Bell action. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design-orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasizing sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Walkie Talkie. Every day, I walk my dog in and around Epping Forest. And there's a regular group of dog walkers that uh, catch up with each other. And the group of us, you know, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds. The one thing we have in common is that we all have dogs, obviously. And I sort of came up with the idea of recording these conversations because... There's something quite confessional about walking side by side with somebody. There's no eye contact. You can just plod along. You know the names of their dog. You quite often don't know their name. You definitely don't know their surname. And uh, it's just a very odd little hour out of the day. And you can get some really startling insights into people's lives because they know that you don't have a relationship with them outside of the dog. And also if things get a bit, you know emotional or a bit too close you can distract yourself with whatever the dog's doing or you get quite close to people in a remote way it's an intriguing sort of mixture with people's permission obviously I started recording some of the conversations and it sort of grew and now people ask if they can come on the walk even though they don't have a dog because I think they just like the space to talk so this is walkie talkie I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you in the forest. Good day, everyone. Well, this was really a very sad week in the Archers, wasn't it? And uh, unsurprisingly, Facebook went mental uh, on our page with people talking about uh, Nick's death. 
On Dumpty Dum, the forum, we also have a thread there that was started by Claire Asprey, who said, we saw it coming all week, but I'm so sorry to lose Nick. I had hopes of her being a future Ambridge matriarch with her activity Mm. at church, attendance at the WI and contributions to village activities. She came in as a flawed character, but I think she had a good heart all the way through. One ray of sunshine for me is how much in the shit Will will now be. If you'd like to get involved in that thread, then please go to dumptydum.com forward slash forums and uh, look for the one from Claire Astbury. We decided that despite the fact we'd had discussions about other things on Facebook this week that we dedicate the social media wrap-up to Nick. Uh, So I asked for comments and Natalie said, a tragic end for sure, but I won't miss her drippy voice. And Amanda Q said, I obviously miss the finer points of her. I've always thought of her as cannon fodder. Uh, Witherspoon, McCosh Wilson said, her reaching across the Great Divide and initiating a relationship with Emma as they shared their frustrations with the Grundy boys was a highlight. Um, Karen Cunningham said, I thought the episode when Nick and William got married was beautifully done. I have a heart of stone, but I thought it was really touching, even though she was marrying that twant. (laughs) Dan Heller said she had a great love of family in its broadest sense, a great bit of intergenerational friendship developing between her and Joe too. Properly believable character and well-acted. Sarah Ping as and a few others said the bus doors opening and Will helping her with the pushchair. Even from the start, Will was clearly boxing above his weight with Nick. Uh, Alison Butler liked the rescue of Oliver on Christmas Day. And Nick and Joe moments like this have been wonderful. So many more messages on that thread. Uh, we still would love to hear some more. So if you have anything else you'd like to add, or if you haven't already phoned in, then please jump onto Facebook. Um, our Dusty said, okay, so I'm upset, very upset. However, this was a very Archer's tragedy, dramatic but believable. Not a roof plunge, an infected cut. It will lead to some interesting developments that may well shake Ambridge to the core. We will hear the characters pour out feelings, grief, shock. They will deal with practicalities and repercussions without melodramatic intervention. Just wish it hadn't been Nick. We also had a big discussion about the fact that it all happened too quickly, but it appears that it can happen that quickly, and it happens more often than we realise. So I guess one of the things that The Archers is known for is its sort of public uh, service and uh, community announcements, and it has done that for us. We also had some thoughts from Yoko Bear. The last few weeks in Ambridge now make sense. The scriptwriters putting a bit more of a sympathetic face on Will. The feeling of finality in Nick's dance with Joe. With this happening after Jolene and Kenton had sacked Nick and Emma at odds with her, the fallout throughout Ambridge will be deep and emotional. I also worry for Joe. Nick always seemed to understand Joe more than the other Grundies. That dance scene was incredibly touching, very sad all round. I always thought that Nick was an underutilised character who could have been so much more upset to see her go. Glyn Fullerlove said that on the Twitter a couple of weeks ago, he'd said that he, he thought we might see Nick and Will leaving Ambridge, but he thought it would be related to problems with the Aldridge Empire and the Shoot estate being affected. Did not expect this. How will Will react? Reformed character or bitter and even more twisted? Uh, Charlotte Wilson, I'm a relatively new listener 
and was wondering what is known about Nick's family and her life before Will. What kind of person is Jake and Mia's real dad? Um, if you ever want to have any information, the um, BBC, I was going to say ABC, that's Australian. The BBC website is excellent, Charlotte. They really do have a good rundown on everybody um, for you to catch up. But of course, also uh, asking the Brains Trust on the Dumpty Dum is a very good way to go. And finally, uh, we said, oh, we've, sorry, there's also a New York uh, Dumpty Dum meetup on Wednesday, March the 7th, for anyone who'd like to get involved uh, with that. But we did also notice that with this, we had a lot of new posts from fellow Dumpty Dummers. Um, so can I just ask everyone, please check under visitor posts, because that's where they show. For some reason, they don't show directly on the page. So picked, Zoe picked and said, on a lighter note, after the trauma of Nick's death from sepsis, our Dumpty Dum dog Charlie now understands the phrase tumble tussocks to mean some fun, rough and tumble. He gets very excited if asked if he would like some tumble tussocks. Jed Ward said, just listen to last night's ep. Where the hell did that come from? Scene with Joe and a little heart that's broken. And Jacqueline Berto, I was up yet, upset yesterday because I saw of the death before I'd heard any of this week's episodes. Insomnia helped, so by 3am I had listened to the week. It was very well done by the script writers. But I have a question. For weeks, Dumpty Dummers have been re- predicting the Grim Reaper in Ambridge. How many of you predicted Nick? None of us. P.S. I am glad it was not Neil. <laughs> and I'm going to let Peter Mabbott finish. Um, he was up in Scotland for work and saw a poster outside Boots. And it says, every four hours, someone in Scotland dies of sepsis. So everyone, please be very careful with your cuts out there. And I know I've got to finish over. I do apologise, uh, but I felt it was important that we shared some of the thoughts on our page from Nick's demise. And I hope we all have a good week and that we are all very careful about any cuts that we have. And until next week, from me, Huru. Thank you for that, Minnie Thank Bell. you. Um, Luce, just as a, just as a mm-hmm. slight aside, right, because I'm worried about uh, myself here. I'm allergic to plasters and have yeah. been ever since the age of four, right? Yeah. Whenever I cut myself... I never really clean it up, never have done, because I know I can't put a plaster on it. So You know, you can get latex just... plasters now. Huh. Because I'm allergic no, to them as well. They make me itch. Are you? Yeah. I I swell up like the elephant man. Oh, bloody hell. I did when I was... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, my... You can, you can I... get um, anti-allergenic plasters now. Gosh. Well... Uh, I know that now. So I suppose, you know, this storyline has had a, a, a direct effect on me because I, I didn't know that. And, and I just go, I cut myself and I just kind of go, oh, I'm, I'm a bit cut and don't really clean it up, let alone put anything on it afterwards, which I know is slightly different from not cleaning it up. But I just don't bother. Do you have basically. a tetanus injection? Have you had one? No. Ever? Not since school. Not since Buy school. me. Yeah, no. Goodness. Anyway, on, on that sobering thought, yeah. let's run down to the doctors. Sharpish yeah. after we finish. Recording. Well, it was really nice knowing it's you anyway, Royfield. And uh, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't laugh. Shouldn't no. laugh, really. Um, all right. Give us some tweets of the last seven days, will you, Freeman? Um, Matt Underwood. Brian and Jennifer are only really staying together for the sake of the kitchen. 
Um, <laughs> Mrs. Miggins, listen to the deathbed confession with the volume right up. All Nick says at the end is, it was so wrong, so wrong, so, so, s- dot, dot, dot. I reckon the bunting will be discovered in her pantry. <laughs> um, Michelle Paul said, I want Eddie Grundy to be my in case of emergency contact. Could you please send me his mobile number? Hashtag BBC at the Archers. Um, Peggy Woolley, whoever is, is Peggy Woolley in disguise on Twitter, said, well, I can't pretend I'm not relieved to have slipped under the radar yet again at the latest <laughs> this year editors meeting. <laughs> And um, not at all to do with um, with uh, Nick, but it just really made me laugh. Sally supposedly, who's at Magnetic Flea on the Twitters, said, Pat, if there's one thing I remember from E. coli, it's don't lick your fingers. Well done all. Well done all. <sighs> Uh, Lucy, yeah, uh, we've got we've got dodgy internet, we so have. we best just like yeah. uh, get through. Then it's really quite quickly. Yes. You'll be pleased to know that because we've got dodgy internet, there's no map corner this week. Hey, yeah, we'll do that next week then, shall we? Yeah, that'd be brilliant. So if you've got a map, you want to like ping me on keep on the yourself. socials. Keep it just if you've got a map, keep it. No, no, it. no, no. Just as, post it to Twitter to me. And uh, Matt Corner will make an appearance next week. Dumdydum.com, go there. It's got shops, gold sorts, fab. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, whatever, dumdydum.com. Tractor, there you go. Go there for Tractor, which is a big map of the world. You can pin yourself on, and, and hopefully, maybe, there's somebody that lives close to you in deepest, darkest Romania that you can hook up with and talk about the archers with. So Tractor is on dumdydum.com to go there. Uh, Lucy, this next bit's in red. Um, so it is. Where is it, though? Talk about yourself, listeners. Ah, if you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you could sponsor us via patreon.com. Remember, folks, to get in contact with us. You can either send us a voice message via SpeakPipe or on our website. You can call us on 0203-031-3105. If you're outside the United Kingdom, plus 44, then it's 203-031-3105. And you can get through to us because, like, we need your calls on the show. On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find me and Lucy at Dum De Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman, and I can be found at Royfield on Facebook. Um, you know, it's that thing that Mark Zuckerberg does, which has Russian trolls all over it. But if you, if you're into all of that kind of malarkey, it's all so does Twitter, really. Both of them do. Hmm. Anyway, so scratch that. Social media is just got russians all over it which reminds me actually serious point there's a reason why i had russians on the brain um a few people are now having problems logging on to dumdydum.com to uh post messages on the forum and that is because i had to install a super aggressive anti-spam uh wall um, so I know Scarlet Sparrow, you had problems and I know I've had two other emails from people saying I'm trying to log on. It will eventually let you on, um, especially because it also looks at the message that you write when you can't get on. 
Uh, but I have um, unblocked people. But I'm really sorry about this. But I know that people who've gone to dumdum.com, dumdum.com will know that we were still getting the odd occasional random post uh, from from these kind of these spam farms. So I've had to up the security somewhat so that that um, kind of like stops us. So. Anyway, so that's that. Anyway, Facebook, go there, uh, join Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and with a spoon, with all the goings on there. Lucy, yeah. it's been an emotional and a traumatic week. It has. It's not going to get any better or anything, is it? Mm, no. Mm. Uh, how should we sign off, Lucy? Um, oh, I don't know. Let's just do it quick before my flipping internet collapses again. <laughs> All right. Toodle pip, everybody. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.